0: This is Britta and welcome to Model Gene's podcast. This podcast is to introduce you to working models from around the world. From great laughs to tears of horror, our models will discuss their journey and what makes their workday in the modeling industry. This following podcast is brought to you by Model Genealogy. It's an informational platform that provides skills for aspiring models to succeed. You can take the test and find out what type of model you are and they'll guide you on the path that is right for you in the modeling industry. Models will learn everything from how to get an agent and what to do once you get one, what type of pictures are right for you, what the client's expectations are, how to take care of yourself as a model, and what to expect if you wanna work in other markets, plus much more. this is Britta with Model Jeans Podcast and I'm here today with Mylena Nguyen. Hey Mylena. Hi Britta. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Um so since we're both Skyping um we both have our dogs at home and I'm sure we'll probably get some type of barking going on between these two things but um
1: Well, if my dogs bark, I'm sure your dogs are going to bark, or, like, vice versa. My dogs are very yappy.
0: Yep. Um, Let's uh, start with our um, favorite stories about your first time that you ever had, like, something happen on set that you were like, what the hell is going on?
1: (gasps) Okay, um... Okay, this was actually my first, like, for real test shoot that I did, and the photographer had a hairstylist slash makeup artist there, and they didn't have any water on hand or, like, any hairspray to give me, like, a little, like, a little wet strand of hair hanging out of my ponytail, so then they opt to use their spit on their fingers and kind of just, like, massage it like this in between and then rub it through my hair and... I didn't know if that was like a normal thing. I thought it was like, oh, maybe he's just improvising. But then looking back on it, I'm like, well, no one else has ever done that to me, to use spit in my hair. Yeah, it's more so
0: of like asking the model to use their own spit, but not someone using their spit.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I offered, I was like, I can like spit in my own hand, but there was already spit on his fingers. No, I don't know. And how old were you for that? I want to say like 13 years old. 13 or 14. So you were like, um, I don't know if I want to be a model now. (laughs) No, I was just like, maybe this is normal because I was so young. And like, that was one of my very first professional ones. I was like, okay, well, if they're the real deal, then I better keep my mouth shut. I don't want to blab about him spitting in my hair. Um, let's talk about when you first started, um, kind
0: of like talk about like your family life, you know, growing up where you grew up, um, and uh and then how you got scouted.
1: All right. Well, I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa my whole life. I was the only one in my family actually born in the states. Um, and so I mean, I basically grew up with an immigrant family a very strict upbringing, but my sister did this like Barbizon modeling class when she was really young and I was always really jealous of that. And then I saw like a One Direction cutout at the mall and I said, hey, I want that. And the thing was a raffle for Barbizon. And so I went through the whole Barbizon school experience and an agency in Des Moines scouted me like, at the end of our graduation. That's how I started modeling. And um, what did your parents
0: think about it because obviously coming from an immigrant family um, I'm sure there was a lot of like old social um, standards
1: yeah Um, I think when I was younger they didn't really have like that big of an issue with it because they thought it was just kind of like a hobby or like something for me to do on the side Mm -hmm. Um, and then once I got older and wanted to do it more You know, I would leave school to work sometimes, and my dad was always like, okay, you can do that as long as school still comes first. So it was very much like education, education, like your whole life path. Um, And then finally, my last year of high school, I decided to graduate early um, and take like a gap year, so to speak, um, just to see if I could handle modeling full time or if I really wanted to model.
0: So, um, can you let everybody know, um, like what country your family's from? My family is from Vietnam. And, um, can you talk about like what the expectations are being from like an Asian American family
1: or uh, a Vietnamese family? Um, basically, well, I would say we grew up very sheltered and strict just because like my parents obviously had a big language barrier with everyone else here. Um, And so they weren't very trusting of other people. So I always like was with my family. Like we grew up very close knit together. So it was always like you have to succeed because your parents didn't. Like if if they came over here, they were giving you a good life. So they wanted you to do well in school. Uh, I think a lot of Asian families think that school is your only life path to take and that's the only way you can be successful in life so it was very like we also grew up Catholic too So very modest family very just like a traditional family
0: and um was there um any type of like language barriers or um was there another member of your family that supported you more in modeling because I'm guessing like your parents weren't really Um, they were somewhat involved but they didn't speak English to the point where they could help you with your career
1: yep so my um, my sister V I have three sisters I have my oldest one is Vaughn and V is my second one and she was definitely my number one supporter and contributor she would take me to like Omaha, if I needed to work, or she would drive me places because I was still really young at the time. And she was always my guardian if I had to go somewhere for work. And she helped me with like paperwork and signing contracts and stuff. Now that I'm older, I kind of do things by myself, but she definitely, definitely helped me a lot when I was younger.
0: Yeah, I think it's harder too, like when you're so young and then you come from um, like an immigrant family. There's just so many different obstacles because it's, like, hard yeah. to explain, like, to your parents, hey, I want to be something that's outside of the box that <laughs> you don't really understand or you know, and you're still young. I mean, you're obviously still kind of, like, proving to them uh, that you can do this, and they still probably don't understand fully, like, exactly what you do.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely don't like grasp the whole picture
0: um and um the reason why I wanted you on the podcast for today was because um you are a newer model you started when you were very young um uh the one good thing you had going for you was that you are ethnic um and younger ethnic girls um can usually work more or have an easier time getting a job at such a young age than Caucasian girls um who are teenagers um do you want to kind of talk about like uh like some of the things as a teen that you were able to do but then you saw like maybe the changes happening in the industry as you start you know throughout your teen years and how that affected the modeling world in, in your eyes?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, well, mainly when I was younger, like what you said about being ethnic, you get, I would, okay. You get a lot more yeses when you're ethnic, in my opinion, just because like most of the times when I've gone to a casting, like I can see eyes on me because I'm not the only, I'm not like blonde in the room or Caucasian. So it was, It was kind of really easy to get started and be really into it. But then as I got older, I realized I wasn't just like the 13-year-old who looks 18 and like is Asian. So it just kind of, I don't know. I I guess when I got older, there was more competition and more Asian girls started becoming models and scouted. Um, But I don't know if there's been like a huge huge difference in the industry that that I can pick up. Because I've I i do not know, I'm still pretty young, so I haven't how do I want to say this? I've just started working full time. So I didn't really like know every single thing about the industry until now. Was there any sense?
0: Yep. Was there anything on set that um that I you saw, you know, like as a minor that they would kind of, like, um, help you with or, like, treat you differently?
1: Oh, yeah, they were always so much more. Even now, even, like, if I say I'm 18, they're still going to treat me like I'm really young because I think they see a lot of models or, like, maybe 20s. Um, but it was always, like, making sure the minor was okay. Like, she had food, she was comfortable, like, talking to me a lot more just because, like, I I was a kid at the time, so they were just a lot more friendly
0: yeah, and did you also notice anything with, like, um, you being one of the only minors on set? Um, did you see, like, a like a downhill of,
1: like, minors, and, and why do you think that was? Um, yeah, when I was younger, I, most of the time it was just me and a bunch of adults on set. Now, I don't see it so often that, like, minors are getting work. I think... Um, let me think. Let let my brain process this question. Well, I know, um, I know
0: like there's been a lot of laws that are starting to pop up where you have to be 18 or older to do certain modeling jobs. Um, whether, yep. you know, it's um, for certain magazines or being on runways um, or doing um, e com. So, um... I didn't know if, you know, like you noticed kind of like that change as well.
1: I think I did because especially when I went to California for the first time, I always thought like my look would carry me enough. Like I look older, so I could get a job that like was for more mature women. But it just doesn't work that way because clients just don't want to book someone who's a minor just like for legal reasons. Um, because in, in like, a, let's say for a decom shoot, they have a rack of clothes for you to shoot. You don't know if there's a thong on that rack. And then it, you have to use your own voice to say like, Hey, I can't, I can't shoot something like that. Or like if it gets out and then people are like, Hey, that girl was a minor when she was shooting this type of stuff for you could just be an issue. So even like being 17 in California, I couldn't go to like a lot of castings just because uh, my agents knew the clients aren't going to
0: book someone who's Yeah. And I think, um, I think we'll see more changes along the way. Um, and it'll be interesting to like, as you progress, we'll have you on like a year from now, kind of to talk about how that year, year has changed now that you've spent another year, um, in kind of like on the adult side of modeling, um, yeah. compared to, you know, like being a teenager in the modeling world. Um, did you um, did you have hobbies um, along while you were like modeling part-time in high school? And have you carried on
1: any of those hobbies? Um, one of my nerdiest hobbies in high school that I like sadly don't get to do anymore was math competitions. I think that like really leveled out my like work and school because I enjoyed both equally so I was like okay you could like throw everything into modeling or you could throw everything into school and it was like a good leveler for me because it was like an escape from actual school if that made sense um but also like I've always been really into like crafty things my sister and I love to craft so we would like journal or make collages and I still do that stuff now um in fact I still have your um, box of magazines that you gave me, like the tons of magazines. And I was thinking about cutting out a bunch of um, just like outfit ideas and stuff like that just to keep myself organized and crafty at the same time. That would be amazing. Yeah. And well, and also you're into other art too. Like you've done other artwork. Oh, yeah. I did pottery for a year or so, and I really, really enjoyed that, but I just don't, Get to like i don't have a potter's wheel at my house i wish i could still do pottery i know i like i like to glaze them i actually made my mom a cross that i painted myself did you um didn't something
0: happen in pottery that kind of like um put your modeling
1: career kind of like on a hold for a little while so um with pottery you're always touching the clay if you're throwing on the wheel and that causes your hands to be extremely dry because clay likes to draw moisture out of things Um, and also when you're throwing on the wheel when you're centering you have to push down um, and one of your hands the, the pinky side of your hand will be touching the wheel and I would push really really hard onto the wheel because I thought when I was still learning I thought that's how you threw and that's how you centered but it's it was so hard that my skin started to burn around the outside of my hand. And so I had like bruises. They looked like bruises, but they were really painful like burns from the wheel. So,
0: (laughs) so what happened with, so what happened with modeling and like, why did that, why, you know, like what was like the why after all of that?
1: Well, because you're a lot of modeling, you see your hands, and if my cuticles and my knuckles are dry and crackly, there's only so much lotion can do, because your hands will soak it up anyways, and then with the burn on the side, like if I'm posing a certain way, you can see this ugly, ugly bruise on my hand, and I don't think clients want to see that. (laughs) So how long did it take for you to actually heal from that? Um. You know, I think it would only take like a week or so, because it was never like super terrible, but I would keep doing it was my problem that I never learned from before. I thought it was just like a mark from the wheel. So then I kept burning my hand like that. And then finally, probably just like a month to get it completely gone, because there's no scarring or anything. It just looks like skin.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, at least, you know, you don't have any like scarring from it.
1: Yeah, because I do scar very easily, but thankfully that was one thing that didn't scar. And hands are very, very important when working.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's a, you know, it's just a body part. That's all. Um, I think a lot of girls don't understand uh, like little things like that can have such a big consequence for you. Because I think if I remember, you didn't work for a year. When you're yeah. working on the pottery, um, and so when you had to take digitals with your hands, um, it was kind of a a done deal with the client, and they it would they would pass.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't only like. When I'm taking hand diggies, it's usually not like the side of my hand, but even you could see like the back of my hand was really beat up. And you even texted me back when I sent you that hand diggie, and you were like, what's wrong with your knuckles, dude? <laughs> you felt <laughs> bruised or something, but it was just because it was so dry when I would like bunch it into a straight like this, the knuckles would uh, just like get really dark because they were super dry and ashy.
0: Now, did that worry you that you weren't getting modeling jobs or was it like whatever at that time, just, um, was it more of like, I'm going to focus on my high school life?
1: Um, I think for me, I wasn't so worried that I wasn't working that much because I, I knew that I could come back to it. But also for me, I knew at the time I had gained weight as well, because I've always like teetered with my measurements. So I, I understood why, like, I wouldn't go to a casting because I just wasn't fit yet. Like, I wasn't fit to be modeling at that time. So it didn't bother me because I knew it was my own decision and, like, consequences of me being so...
0: Did you... um When you went to castings, because you, you've gone to a few castings, um, yes. is there anything, like... Not kosher that you would see um, at castings that other girls would do. Did you see anything that like maybe like you wanted to reach out and help the girl because she was struggling with something or she was doing something incorrect
1: at the time? Um, I would say a lot of girls are on their phones a lot during castings. And you never know where the client is, whether they're, like, the person in front of the sign-up sheet or they're just walking around. You kind of don't want to give the sense that you're out of it. You want to be, like, in present, in the moment, making sure that the client knows you're focused on getting this job because they want dedication. And a lot of girls, I've noticed a lot of girls wear makeup to castings and I've always learned not to just so like you can see your bare face I kind of just want to tell girls like if you're going to throw on a little bit of concealer great but like don't come in here with those fake lashes and your red lips like it's just so distracting from their true beauty
0: is there a a piece of advice that you would want to give girls who are just starting out um who's who's starting out at the same age that you started out? Because you started out when you were 12, 13 years old.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that for being that young, it's a good time to learn your voice that young if you're working in the industry because people are going to be extremely nice to you because you're very young, but also you're going to be uncomfortable at times. And if things make you uncomfortable, just say it because... People will accommodate to you if you're that young. If you're uncomfortable with like an dress or if they clip you a certain way, or if you know someone's behind you when you're in the dressing room or something.
0: Was there like a time uh, that it finally clicked for you
1: to find my voice? Um, I think probably after a year of actually working. So. Uh, when I first got Gordman's, that's when I actually knew, like, hey, e is this, and this is like how you actually work. I think it's one of my first legit jobs. And I just knew to say, like, if I was tired from posing, like, I would just say, hey, can we stop and like shake it out just to like loosen up my body, you know? Because if you're working all day on the set, then you could fatigue at a point. So you just need to make sure that like everyone is on the same page. And that's when I kind of learned because if you're shooting like outfit after outfit after outfit, you're kind of like, well, I've done all the same poses. Like, let me just have a second to gather everything and then start freshing. So it's not just like the same look every time. Do
0: Do you feel like there was ever a point because you were so young when you started? uh, Was there a point like when a client asked you to do something? and you were like, I don't know how to do that yet. And just because you were so young, not, not like, not like something that was like bad, but just yeah. um, like a request.
1: Uh, any type of like, when I was really young, I didn't understand like big movement. I didn't know how to capture that on camera. So like if they said jump, I wouldn't know when to jump. I would always try those things, but you know, when I get the test photos back, it's like all of the jumping photos are gone, which is fine because like it was just a trial to see if I could jump and if I could capture it. But like big movements, like standing on one foot in heels. I mean, that's kind of, that's really hard to do, especially when you're a kid and you've never worn heels before. But um, yeah, like big movement things. I I didn't understand movement when I was younger.
0: How long do you think it took for you to learn movement?
1: And do you feel like you're still learning? I'm definitely still learning movement. Um, I'm trying to get better with my hands, uh, and not having them so so posed or so awkward. But I mean, even if you're like a super seasoned model, there's always other other things you could try. Like, like one of our girls, Jessica Wall. I absolutely love the way she moves. Like I want to learn to move like her someday. It's just so it's so graceful and beautiful. But I, I definitely am still learning. It Probably took me um, like two or three years because each job is different. You're not going to move the same from an e-comm job as you are an editorial, and you're definitely not going to move like that on the runway. Um, so, it, it's everything is different. So, I'm still learning.
0: Do you have um, like anyone in the business that you are dying to uh sit down and talk to and like what would you ask them
1: hmm that is a good question i would i don't think i'm saying her name right um can i spell it it's like H H U H Y U O N I. she's an asian model or, like, she, X I, X I L E, she, Lee. She, I just, I would really love to talk to an Asian model because I want to see, first of all, if they were like American born Asian or if they were like scouted from Asia and just to see what their experiences are like and to see like what markets they worked in because I've only ever known like white girls as models or like just Caucasian um, men or women. I've never had like a grown up established Asian model talk to me about modeling as an Asian and like any obstacles if they went through any when they were in the industry.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, a really good um, idea to kind of look for someone that's gonna be like your big sister, someone that you're reaching out towards yeah, um, what are your goals for modeling?
1: I want to just be be very, very comfortable with myself in front of the camera because even now when I'm work, I'm like, yes, I'm working, I'm taking pictures, but like when I'm at home with my friends, I'm really shy in front of the camera, so I want to just be like extremely comfortable with my body and knowing what to do all the time. And I want to. This is a good one. I would say I just don't want to regret modeling, and I haven't yet because my dad, you know, with with me graduating early, it was very much like you're gonna fail basically, and we, I'm gonna say I told you so when you go back to school, and I just want to prove that like I can do this, and even if it's not like a money thing for me even though like for my dad, it is kind of a money thing. I just, I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be that I truly love my job and I'm good at it. So I'm going to do it. Happened.
0: And And is there anything that you're seeing, um, in the bigger models that you can tell that there's a difference between you and them? What is it and, and how are you going to plan to get there?
1: Um, I feel like older models are like very open with themselves and they're just a little bit more free spirited. Like I am a pretty free spirit, but I'm still pretty reserved just because it's like I don't know how to talk to adults sometimes. Like it's just scary talking to an adult. So I I want to get there with like life lessons and just be able to talk about things that are not just like what's your favorite subject in school or like Do you have pets at home.
0: Yeah. Um and I think that's just growing up and having to you know take that day by day as you mature and then finally it just kind of shows up kind of thing. Yeah. Um and a lot of the older girls I I think they say confidence is like the big one. You yeah. know, yeah. between um a younger model and an older model. So, um I you have done some great beauty stuff as well. Um how much time do you spend taking care of your skin as a teenager?
1: Um I would say a lot more time than most teenagers my age. I mean some some girls I know just wash their face with water I'm no jealous. moisturizer and <laughs> I do that like does your skin not just feel so dry and deprived of creams and moisturizers (laughs) I guess I've, I've grown up with my mom and sisters very into skincare so I've always done skincare are there like so big time like are there certain products that you use yes I will show you my holy grails this is not it but it's like the same bottle it's like a I'll just I'll just say what it is. It is Glossier's solution. It's a toning solution, and it helps with little bumps on my forehead and scarring, like the little bumps that are not acne. It is. It's not like a full pimple or a zit. It's just a bump. It's just a little, little like texture bumps, I would say. And then the the solution from Glossier also helped with my um, scarring on my cheeks because I had pretty bad you know, just little dark spots from where I had acne, and I don't see them anymore, like it cleared up pretty well. So that definitely is one of my holy grails. If my skin gets a little bit spotty at times, I'll just do that at night, and then it helps. It's gone in the morning, perfectly fine. In the morning. And then my other favorite thing is this moisturizer from belief the moisturizing Balm. I have pretty dry skin so I like thick creams and' um, I'll show it to you there you go it's been my holy grail since I was in middle school I tried it one time and I would like switch other moisturizers but none of them really moisturize my skin and make it as soft and supple as this moisturizer does um, how long did
0: it take for you to figure out your skin?
1: um a very long time i think last summer probably because i always had like random breakouts if i was really stressed out or if i had a bad diet even if i was washing my face all the time i didn't understand why my skin would break out and then i went to the dermatologist and that she just gave me a simple retin-A, which is this one um and it just it cleared everything up so then i could understand my actual skin without any acne on it. I could tell that it was dry because before I always thought I was oily because I had acne, but just because you have acne doesn't mean your skin is oily. Um, So now I can, I know my skin better because it's clear for me to see uh, what are the problem areas. Like my nose gets dry or like my chin has a lot of pores on it, things like that.
0: And you also said that like, there was like a diet issue with, you know, between the gut and your skin are very um, close together. And so what,
1: how did you figure that out? Um, some from help from Britta for sure, because you would tell me like, Hey, these kinds of things might be irritating you or Um, cause you to break out. And I think dairy was a really big one. I like cut out a lot of dairy. I still eat like cheese sometimes. Um, But like, it's always like an alt milk. Um, Dairy definitely gave me those little bumps I've noticed. It wasn't like big breakouts, but it's the texture bumps that that really bothered me too. So that was a big one. Um, Meat, I don't eat as much just because it makes my face feel like really congested. Like my skin, you can just kind of tell like something it wants to purge out of it, but nothing is happening yet um and just like allergic things that I'm allergic to that would make me itch my face or that would just make my face swell,
0: being a teenager, and you know obviously um coming from an immigrant family where I'm sure that they like to cook a lot <laughs> <laughs> um. Did you did you have to make your own food? How was it, like, trying to explain to your parents, like, I can't eat that because it makes me break out or it, it's not settling with me right? And
1: how did that the, tug of war go? They definitely at first were, like, really confused as to why they thought I was just a picky eater. Um, because I was vegetarian slash vegan for a little bit, and they they just gave up on cooking for me. They're like, "Well, you're just gonna have to go grocery shopping with us and buy food that you know how to make, and you have to feed yourself because we don't know how to cook things that are vegan." They could cook things that were vegetarian just because I could take out the meat, or I could um, they could just not cook the meat. But like vegan for them definitely just made them so angry. They were like why are you eating like this? Like, what's the joy in eating if you're just eating like raw plants all the time? (laughs) So yeah, I did have to cook for myself for a little bit, but now um, they make a lot of soups and I really like soups. So it's just easy for me to like pick out the meat if I don't want to eat the meat that
0: day. And now you said you, you
1: do eat some meat. I do eat some meat. I try not to eat pork very often. Um, and beef. I don't really eat beef that often either. Like fish and chicken are my go-tos, but not a whole lot.
0: And uh is your family like more like relaxed now that they've seen you be able to handle your nutrition and s- watching you that you you are eating, they're not worried about you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um they they definitely don't understand like my eating schedule I don't do three meals like them and so they're kind of like whenever I wake up they say okay what do you want to eat and I always say I'm not hungry yet because I like if I eat right when I wake up I feel really sick I'm not ready to break my fast yet and um they kind of think that I'm refusing to eat sometimes but it's just I have a smaller stomach now that I've controlled what I what I eat like I can't eat these huge portions anymore um so that part, they're kind of, like, still keeping an eye on me to make sure, like, you're eating enough, which I am. Like, I tell them, hey, I'm full. I literally just can't eat anymore. Um, but they they let me worry about my own food. They they just, like, give me a little, like, hey, make sure you eat greens or something, or, like, hey, make sure you get a little bit more that doesn't look like a lot of food, just small things like that.
0: Um, I think there's a lot of teen girls that kind of – go through that process where they have to start learning how to make their own food. And it's so overwhelming. And, uh, that's about like where they quit modeling because they just can't, it's just this huge wall and they can't get over that wall. Um, is there like a piece of advice that you can, um, give the teen
1: girls on how to get over that wall? Um, I would say like take it slowly like start with one recipe you like learn how to make and just keep making that like once a day for yourself just to see if you're into you know meal prepping you don't have to necessarily meal prep but just to know what you're going to eat and plan it out it's going to be a lot less stress for you to to just look in your fridge and be like I don't know what to make out of all this food in here because like i don't know what's good i don't know what's bad i don't know how to throw something together so if you have a little plan it it's not like you have to stick to it strictly that you can give yourself a little bit of leeway because it'll make it easier on you and don't think of it as like a chore think of it as like you're doing it for you
0: yeah i i think as well like you're very disciplined in many different ways um and even like when when you traveled, there was a time that you had um, a job in another state, and this time you didn't have anyone to go with you, but you were old enough to drive. Yep. And um, I believe it was a blizzard that you had to drive through?
1: Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Oh, dear. What a day. Do you want to, like, describe to everybody about how, like, that day was for you? Okay, so... Um I had the night before I was planning. I was like, okay, I'm gonna you know, wake up at three to get to Minnesota, like an hour and a half early, because I like to be really early just to if I need to get gas or something. Anyways. And three um, what? Three PM? Three AM. Three AM. Three in the morning. Yes, ma'am. And so I'm driving, 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 and the exit to go to Minnesota is closed. So I'm like, what? do I do and I just like kind of go on a back route there's like a detour that you can take but it's just like all the minor highways and stuff and almost every other turn I was supposed to take the road was closed and so I was like trying not to lose my mind I was like I don't know how I'm gonna do this my phone's about to die like I'm really scared what if I'm just stuck out in this blizzard in the middle of Iowa um and I remember calling Tom the and I was trying not to lose my cool on the phone. I was like, hey, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it because there's not a route that I can take. And he was just like, it's okay, we'll send you a route. Just, you know, stay calm. Um, and I didn't realize I had been driving for eight hours, but it took me eight hours to get there when normally it takes me three and a half.
0: Talk about determination as a model. Um... And but you you are able to do the shoot obviously, and um. Your call time was. Like four hours prior, but they pushed it out for the afternoon because you yeah. you. Knew that you were gonna make it there in time. How what what do the clients say like when they see, that you're a minor but you have you put so much responsibility on yourself and they see your determination.
1: Um, They were really shocked that I even made it to the shoot because they didn't understand. Like, I think at first, when I first walked in, they're like, oh, the model's finally here. Like, thank God. And then I told them the story about how I was driving from Des Moines to Minnesota. Like, it wasn't like I was just a local model and I could just, you know, take a 20 minute car ride there. It was an eight hour affair and it was traumatizing but they were just like how how did you do that like I would not let my I don't know I don't remember how old I was at the time maybe 16 or 17 Um, they were just really shocked that I was like willing to do that all by myself and I say like um, you know I, I take this drive all the time so it wasn't really a big deal to me it just when I got stuck I didn't know what to do and then I figured it out and now I'm here they were just like extremely shocked me that I would do that
0: by myself. Do you have like advice for parents who have kids, you know, like a daughter or son that's 16, 17 years old and letting them uh, have that independence to be able to
1: be mature? Um, I would, I would just say to those parents, test your kid first. Like, give them a little bit of independence and see if they can handle something like that. Um, I would, like, up the scale a little bit each time.
0: Yeah. What, um, is there an item that you like to take with you when you travel?
1: Is there, like, a must-have? Um, my moisturizer. My moisturizer, for sure. Or, or chapstick. I am, like, chronically dry in my lips all the time, so I always need chapstick. And I always like to put moisturizer on before I go into a casting or, like, into a booking, just so my skin is, like, extremely fresh for the client. Um, Even just, like, airplane air, super dry, so I always need moisturizer. Um, Even, like, air conditioning in the car could be really drying on my face. So always moisturizer and chapstick for sure.
0: And you travel pretty light. I think you're one of the lightest traveling models I've ever seen in my life. Do you want to tell the girls, like, what usually what you travel with?
1: Um, so I have, like, a skincare baggie and always, always, always bring my skincare with me. Um, simple necessities like chargers and toiletries. But for clothes, I usually just do my basics, a black skinny jean, a blue skinny jean, um, Maybe a white and black tank top, bras. And then that's when I start to branch out a little bit and I'll do like cool t shirts, like cool graphic tees that I can wear with any jeans because then I don't need to bring like a bunch of graphic tees. Um, maybe I bring a pair of shorts depending on where I'm going, how the weather is. Just very like simple clothing items so then it's easier to mix and match them and you don't feel like I'm wearing the same thing all the time because maybe you bring a shirt that only works with these pants I try to make my suitcase as um as mix matchy and as like yeah so like they can all kind of fit together
0: and I'd have to say like your one or two day travel days like um if if your travels only uh, to get there to do the shoot and to come home and it takes one or two days usually um I see you with like a just a little bag like a tote bag
1: yeah yep because I'll just bring shoes I'll bring my heels if they're ever like in, in case need them I'll bring a simple like leggings and a t-shirt that's it to change out of and your skincare and then yeah and my skincare always <laughs> Yeah, but it's
0: like one change of clothes. It's not like an entire suitcase. It's like just a tote with a couple things. And you're like, I have, you know, I have a change of underwear. I have my leggings, my t-shirt, my bras, my heels. I'm done. and of story.
1: Yeah, it's not like I'm going to need to get off, get off of work and then wear something extravagant. You know, I just need, I'm most likely going to be driving home if it's like a one day thing. So I just change into something comfy for the car and get on going, run around, do all all that fun stuff. Um, If you were to have like
0: your own ad campaign, um, what would your message say?
1: Ooh, um, let me think about that. Ad campaign, what would my message say? Be unapologetically used. I think some people hide themselves a lot to accommodate others, or like if they're in a certain setting, they'll just act a certain way. And just, I want everyone to be comfortably themselves all the time because that's where you'll make your true friends. That's where you're going to feel the most comfortable. Just be you all the time. 100% you. And.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great one because I think um a lot of girls want to be like someone they see or that they aspire to be but they haven't found themselves yet. And so um and maybe they just don't like who they are. And so I think it's really important, yeah, to just be who you are and like not be sorry for it
1: yeah act how you want to act and like if you I mean obviously don't like go around cussing people out if that's how you are but you know if you good point a bit, yeah if you're a little bit wild be a little bit wild you know like show your fun side you don't have to be like super professional all the time or like you don't have to be just a calm person if you're not actually calm like if you want to dance dance it out girl I don't care <laughs>
0: okay then we expect a dance at some point i want to see that (laughs) you want to see me dance yeah i haven't i I don't think i've ever seen you dance yet so um (laughs) i'm gonna call you out at some point in the middle of like a restaurant or something and i'll just be like okay get up let's dance all right i'll just do the worm on the floor and you'll be shocked (laughs) um last question of the day for you uh even though you're new you've been in the business for a while um so and this could change even next year as you um expand your modeling wouldn't it be great if
1: that's a heavy question one second wouldn't it be great if we all had the same opportunity? Because I think some, you know what? I, I don't know if that's a fair statement to make though. Because I just think like some, some models have a certain following or, or platform that they get a lot more opportunities. And it's not about look, it's about promotion. And I would just, I just, wouldn't it be great if we all, like, if it didn't matter about social media and it wasn't like, hey, you could sell our stuff a lot more because you have this huge following, why don't we give it to the hardworking, dedicated model? And I'm not saying those girls aren't aren't hardworking, but I just see, like, opportunities go to them more often because of their following. So wouldn't it be great if we all had the same opportunities?
0: Do you think it's harder for professional models now uh, to compete with the Instagram uh, influencers?
1: Yes, I would say definitely because they're, they are the faces you recognize. And so brands want to use them and it's just, it's like a promotion thing. And even if it's as simple as posting, they're not even doing a shoot for the company. They're doing like, Hey, I'm wearing their clothes. Go buy it, and that's it's easier to pay promotion to those girls than it is to hire a model, bring like hire a set team and everything. Um, so yeah, I think they get it's a lot harder for models now to get those bigger jobs because they're lesser. Men.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, I we. it'll be interesting to see how things change throughout the year especially um Mm -hmm. for you and um for your modeling career so um i just thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast and we'll see how um everything goes in
1: a year and catch up with you yeah thank you for having me it was a fun fun little chit chat with you yes we love to chit chat
0: Thank you for joining us on the Model Jeans Podcast. Want to talk about this podcast? As always, we love to hear from you. Jump over to our social media platforms at Model Jeans Podcast. Then come on over to modelgenealogy.com to sign up to be the first to get exclusive updates on our VIP live interviews and all the updates you need to know. Be sure to take the test to see what type of model you are so you have a path to follow. Lastly, do you have a challenge for us to solve? Reach out to us at Model Genealogy. You may find our comeback sooner than you think on Topic Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me.